You know, I think it's funny when I show up sometimes on Sunday mornings and some of you, I know what you're thinking. You look at me and you have these big eyes and you're like, why are you wearing that thing around your neck? <laughs> I, I've so seldom wear these things. You know, my wife buys me these beautiful ties and it's like every now and then I just feel like when I go in my closet on Sunday morning, maybe I should wear one just to see what it feels like. You know, I'm so used to wearing jeans or even last weekend wearing shorts. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not used to these things, but I just love watching the reactions on your faces when I come in. So maybe I'd just do it just for a laugh. I don't know. You know, for the last several weeks, we have been going through a series called Love Expressed, where we've been reading through the poetic and the wisdom writings together, and we've been finding out how God expresses His love to us and through us through these scriptures in lots of different ways. We found how God expresses His love to us and through us in ways like faithfulness or using wise words, or showing mercy to other people. Ways that we show love that we don't typically think about, but are ways that come right from the pages of God's Word. You know, a couple of weeks, we're a couple of weeks away now from Easter, where we're going to be celebrating the ultimate expression of love. It's God gave His life on a cross for us. It suffered and bled and died so that we could have that connection, that relationship with Him. And so as we wrap up this series in the next couple of weeks called Love Express, what I'd like to do is to look at the life of Jesus in a couple of different ways and how he sets an example for us and how we can love others well. And I'd like to start this morning by having you consider this one question. Can you think about someone in your life right now that you really care about who is facing a situation that is fairly impossible? Maybe... There's a situation in their lives that is totally beyond your ability to help them, really, to solve their problem, to fix what's going on in their lives, to to make it right. And though you want to do something, apparently there's just no way that you really can. Maybe it's someone who is suffering physically in some way. There's an illness, they're sick, and, and you would love to just be able to find some way to heal their bodies, but you just feel kind of helpless or maybe it's someone that you know who you're in a broken relationship with and you want so desperately to be able to heal that relationship to be able to fix it to mend it and you just wish you could just make them believe a certain thing or do a certain thing so that that relationship would come together and and it's just not happening and you feel kind of frustrated and helpless and hopeless and you're thinking this is impossible maybe It's someone you love and they are in a financial mess or they're caught up in addiction. Something that's totally beyond anything that you can really do anything about. Or maybe it's someone who just needs to surrender their lives to God. And you would love for them to see that happen because you could see how it would just help heal so many things in their lives. But you'd think, there's really nothing I can do about that. You see, in each one of these situations, we can feel a little bit helpless, and we can think there's very little that we can do to to solve their problems. I mean, what can we really do? You know, when you look at the life of Jesus, you see story after story in the Gospels of him walking up to someone, and he could literally touch someone, and they would be healed. And he was able to do all kinds of miracles. But, I mean, he was Jesus, right? I mean, if only we were able to walk up to someone and just, like, touch them, right? And know that the cancer, as soon as we touch them, it'd just be gone, right? Or someone who was just dealing with 
severe depression or anxiety or something like that and they've struggled with it for years and we just reach out and just grab their hand and we just know as we grab their hand that boom, problem solved, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? I've thought about that several times and then it makes me go back to this one verse or passage in scripture that makes me have a second guess on that. And it's, it's a passage that I think is uh, interesting. It might, might even be surprising to you. Jesus was with his disciples one day, and he said, All these things that you have seen me do, he said, I will give you the capacity to do too. And he says, you, you can't do them on your own, but I'll give you the ability to do the very same things I have been doing, and even greater things than that. What? Did we somehow miss something here? How is that even possible? I mean, how do I help a relative who is caught up in an addiction to heroin or, or pain meds and, and fix their problem? I, I'm not a doctor. I can't do anything about that. How do I help my friend who is totally wrapped up in debt? I mean, I don't have the funds to be able to dig them out of debt. If I could, I would, but there's just no way. Or that person I love who is caught in depression. I mean, I'd love to just reach out my hand and grab them and say, You're healed. I'm no shrink. I'm no doctor. I can't fix them. But Jesus said, I can. He said it would be an expression of love toward them. And there's no medical knowledge that's even required. So how in the world is that even possible? Well, Jesus says it's through prayer. Now you might be thinking, oh, Dave, come on. You had me there for a minute. It's like I was really thinking you had something that I didn't know. There was this secret passage of Scripture somewhere where I was just going to be able to do these things that I've always wanted to do. I mean, come on. Pray? What? You may have been thinking that even as I said that, but do we not believe that prayer really works? Do we think that Jesus was somehow lying? Or that he was mistaken that day? He was a little bit off that day, off his game. Jesus himself prayed for the people that he loved. In fact, in John chapter 17, that whole chapter is a chapter where Jesus is praying to God for those he loves. He's praying for his disciples. He's praying for those whom he's encountered around him. In that passage in, in John 17, he's even praying for us, those who are to come, who would follow him long after he would leave the earth. Jesus was this perfect example of someone who loved others well. Shouldn't we follow his example and pray for others like he did? Or is our faith just nothing more than a set of religious propositions? Something that God you know, would choose to use in our lives even now. Today, here's what I want us to see. When God's love connects with yours for someone in prayer, the potential is limitless. I'm going to say that again. When God's love connects with yours for someone else in prayer, the potential in that moment, is limitless. It isn't that you need this great amount of faith like Jesus had. 
Jesus actually told the people who were following him, he says, you only need the faith the size of a mustard seed, which is a really, if you've ever seen one, it's a really, really small seed. And, and it's not that prayer, is, it's not that it's, it's this magic formula where you pray and like, poof, it just happens in front of your eyes. I mean, if it did, we'd have people following us all the time, right? Want us to lay hands on them and pray for them. We'd have this following, you know? And you would be thinking that it's all about you in those moments and your abilities and not God. But listen, God wants you to partner with him. He wants you, he wants your love for others and your love for God to connect, to come together as you spend time with him and to boldly ask for the unthinkable, for the unimaginable, for the impossible. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 14 for just a moment, if you would. John chapter 14. If you have your Bibles with you, if you don't, you can just go to mygrace.church, uh, the website there, and click on the messages tab. You can see the scripture I'm getting ready to read there in just a moment. But uh, as John 14 starts, here's what you were going to see. Uh, John, in John 14, Jesus is starting that chapter by kind of preparing them for what's getting ready to happen. He's going to leave this earth and... Jesus is saying that, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be leaving here. I'm going to go to prepare a place for you in heaven. And Thomas is like, well, if, if, we're gonna do, if you're going to do that, then how are we going to get to where you are? I mean, how are we going to know the way, right? And it's a very well-known passage of Scripture. And Jesus looks at Thomas in that moment and says, don't worry about it. He says, if you know me, you're going to know the way when the time comes. You don't have to be concerned about that. And then, after Jesus tells Thomas this, This is what he says. Verse 12. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. And even greater works. Because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, he says in verse 14, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus encourages them to believe, to have faith. And then he says, if they believe in him, they will be able to do even greater things than he did, even here on this earth. How? Well, it tells us. God will be going, it says that Jesus will be going to the Father. It actually says in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, will come and live within us and will be able to work through us to do these impossible things as we follow Christ. And Jesus reinforces this, even in this one conversation, several times in John 14, 15, and 16. We see it over and over again. And a few minutes later in John 15, it says that Jesus says that as long as you're abiding in Christ and your will is connected to his, that there's no limit to what you can do. And then Jesus says, I chose you for this task as my followers. He says, I expect you to do this, to to bear fruit, fruit that will last. By the end of this conversation... In John 16, Jesus emphasizes it again. He says, truly, I I tell you the truth. You pray this way and God will answer you and your lives will be full of joy. I don't think we like to admit it, 
or at least not say it publicly in church circles. But I think a lot of us Christians really secretly struggle with believing this. We don't believe that if we're abiding in Christ and we have just a little bit of faith that we can pray in line with God's will and God will just do it. We might say at times to someone, hey, I'll pray for you because we don't know what else to say in that moment and we feel like we need to say something. But do we really believe that God will answer our prayers? I think a lot of times we pray, you know, when we do pray, we're praying that God will use the doctors to bring healing because that's easy, right? You know, pray that the doctors can do the best job they can. That's kind of a safe prayer. But how often do we believe and have faith more in the great physician than in the doctors at Oro Valley Hospital or Northwest? How often do we love someone and love God enough to muster all the faith that we have in a moment and really ask God to do what only He can do. Just a week ago, um, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. He, he actually pastors a, a church here in Oro Valley. And uh, he was telling me that he, his wife had just gone to the doctor and she had been, she had been given a completely clean report from cancer. That might not seem like big news to you, but for this woman, it was a miracle. Because just a few weeks ago, they started chemo because they said that she, her body was riddled with cancer. It was all through her body, and they didn't give her much hope. And then she went in for a routine check before they started another round, and they couldn't find anything. And in that moment, I felt pretty uncomfortable. Because I remember the one or two times that I'd actually prayed for her, and my, my prayers were pretty lame. I remember thinking, God, do something, <laughs> if you can. I mean, I just really didn't have a whole lot of faith. I, I've seen so many people go through these horrible situations with cancer, and it just kind of sucks the life out of me emotionally, and I just don't feel like I can sometimes have the faith to pray. And in that moment, God reminded me, don't underestimate me and what I can do when your love connects with mine. I'll do a miracle. You know, in a, a few days, there's a movie that will be coming out in theaters all over the country, and it will be called Breakthrough. It's an incredible film. I actually, my wife and I actually had the privilege of being able to see this film several weeks ago when just before they were doing the final editing, 20th Century Fox warned a handful of people to come in here in the Tucson area and just kind of do a, do a test run of the movie and point out to them any things that we felt like didn't work for us or was inconsistent. It was an amazing story. It was the story of this woman named Joy Smith and uh, her adopted son from Guatemala named John who had been suddenly taken from them, from her and from her husband, Brian, one day when little John fell into an icy lake in Missouri. EMTs showed up on the scene and they frantically looked for John underneath this icy lake for like 15 minutes before they finally found his body and pulled him up and he was dead. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine going through something like that? I mean, what would you do? The film accurately tells this story of what happened that day. And fortunately, I was able to actually get a few clips from 20th Century Fox on this. I was able to, to reach out to them and uh, 
get them to share with me a few things that were in that movie that really meant a lot to me, even though, again, this movie won't even be in the theaters until you know, about a week and a half from now. But I want to encourage you, take a look at this one particular clip. That mom later told reporters that when she walked into that room that day, that she felt God's presence in there in a way that she couldn't explain. Now, I wish that I could tell you, and then Joyce and her son lived happily ever after. That is not their story. But their story, and this passage that we just looked at today, is a great segue into looking at what happens when we pray for others out of love. Let me show you this. Let me unpack that, those verses for you real quickly if I can. Number one, we see here that when we, we pray for those that we love, we are partnering with God to prepare the way for a miracle. Let me promise you guys one thing. Prayer is never a waste. While God's ultimate will doesn't change, the implementation of his will does and he does alter his strategy because of our prayers i i personally believe that the reason we pray these prayers is because god's spirit is stirring within us to get us to pray these prayers so that our love and god's can connect together to make these things happen it's god's spirit that's prompting these prayers in us in the first place but god in his love for us for whatever reason he wants us to play a part in that work. And that's not the only purpose for prayer. We also see here in this passage that John wrote that Jesus said we bring glory to God when we pray like this. I mean, I read it to you earlier in John 14. It says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do. Why? So that the Father may be glorified through the Son. When we pray for one another, we're reflecting the caring nature of God, preparing the way, and thus bringing God glory. Prayer exists for us to know and to express love to God and ultimately to glorify God. 
But you know what? There's one other thing I think we can learn from this. And that is that prayer changes us. So oftentimes we're praying that we will change God in some way, which is, a, which is crazy. Prayer actually changes us. As we pray, God works in us, building love, building faith in us, softening, breaking our hearts as we let him, giving us boldness, helping us to know and to love God more, too. I think that prayer even humbles us. It gets us to the point of acknowledging and accepting that we are powerless on our own. We can't heal We can't change much of anyone's circumstances, really, in this life. And we certainly can't change a person's heart that's cold toward us or that's closed off toward God. In fact, prayer is usually a response of our hearts when we don't know what to do and we realize how powerless we truly are. And in desperation, we reach out to God. Prayer is an act of surrender. It reminds us, even in the first world that we live in, in the 21st century, that we really aren't in control of all that much. In fact, Chrissy Metz, who was the lead actress in this movie Breakthrough, this is what she recently said uh, as this movie is getting ready to come out. She said, whether it's warning a loved one to heal from a sickness, whatever it is, don't be shy with what you want. But also understand you have to completely surrender in being attached to the outcome. I think that's really true. We get so wrapped up in the outcome and God wanting to, us wanting God to do exactly what we want when really this is a time when through prayer God's heart and our hearts are connecting. And through that we start to pray as God wants. In that movie Breakthrough after John came back to life the mom, Joyce, realized that her storm was far from over. In fact, it had only just started. John, had been, John, after they were able to get a pulse back in, they airlifted him to a children's hospital in St. Louis where a doctor who was an expert in dealing with cases of hypothermia and drowning was there to be able to help Joyce and her husband. And that doctor met with them that afternoon after all this had happened and, and uh, he had done his initial assessment. And it was then that the doctor broke the news that while John had come back to life, his brain injuries were going to be catastrophic and he probably wouldn't survive the night. He looked at them and he encouraged them to bring the family in again to say their goodbyes. And he closed his books books, uh, saying he regretted the whole situation had brought them so much hope. That day, Joyce looked up at this doctor and she asked him to not give up, to try harder. And then she said this. She said, you do, doctor, what you can do and we'll let God do the rest. It's easier said than done, right? It's easier to say that than to actually believe it as time goes on. And actually, he did manage to hang on for a, a day and then another day. And a few days into this ordeal, he's still in a coma. And Joyce has not been taking care of herself. She hasn't been eating right. She hasn't been sleeping right. And she actually falls into a diabetic coma herself. And she's in a hospital room not too far down in the same hospital from him. And in that moment, as she is, as she is brought back, um, <clears throat> and she's kind of recovering, her pastor comes in to actually see her for a moment 
And it's during that visit that Joyce realizes what this whole struggle for John has all been about. So take a look at this. So when I was 18, I gave my first son up for adoption. I wasn't ready. And my life was such a mess. I've never forgiven myself. I can't let it go. I can't go back. I can't fix it. So I tell John how to spend his allowance. Brian, what tie he should wear. I insisted on naming our dog Sammy for crying out loud. John and Brian wanted Yoda. It's a pretty stupid name. Thank you. Well, and you, I still want to fix your hair. My whole life, I have not stopped trying to control the outcome. I can't control this, can I? Joyce, why don't you let God handle it? Just as much as I do. Maybe more. I bet you'd like to know what happens next. But you'll have to go to the theaters in a few days and find out. You know, prayer is about a lot of things. Prayer is about loving God, number one. It's about trusting God enough to be vulnerable and asking Him for what we can't do and surrendering to God, even the people that we love in those moments. And ultimately, it's about God's glory. But mostly, I think, it comes down to love. When, we, when God's love connects with the love in your heart for someone in prayer, 
the potential in that moment is limitless. It's like I found out with my pastor's friend just a few days ago. That was such a beautiful reminder to me. It made me think back on when Isaac was just one year old and um, we had gotten the news that Teresa's baby sister was uh, uh, killed in a uh, car accident. Um, They were on their way back from the Grand Canyon and hit an icy patch of black ice and the car flipped and she she was ejected from the car and then the car, the SUV fell on top of her. And she was underneath that car, uh, dead for quite some time. And God brought her back to life. And now you wouldn't even know she'd ever even been hurt. It's a miracle how God worked. And he did that within a span of like 48 hours before our eyes blew us away. That's how God works sometimes. We can't explain it. Sometimes we wish we could control, manipulate God and get him to do just exactly what we want when we want it because we know better, right? <laughs> But when we just allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to allow the love that's in our hearts for other people to connect with God's love, that's when stuff happens. When we started this morning, if you remember, I asked you to think about something. Do you remember? I asked for you to think about an impossible situation in your life. Maybe it's something that you came in here about even today thinking there's no hope for and things look pretty bleak. So, what do you believe God can do today in that situation? What do you really believe God can do? How desperate are you for that answer? How fervently, how fiercely are you praying with God for a miracle? You and I, we play a very important role in God's economy to see to partner with him to see breakthroughs, to see miracles happen in this world today. So oftentimes, when we see a miracle, it's because God has worked through someone who is on their knees. God seldom works a miracle without a person of faith who is partnering with him. And guess what? He wants to partner with you. This world is broken. You and I are broken. Darkness and evil will always be at work around us in this side of heaven. All around us bringing pain and suffering. I hope, though, that when you and I die, that all of hell will breathe a sigh of relief. Because we're finally out of the fight. We're finally off of our knees. We can't create any more damage on this earth. But in the meantime, let's show others in our lives how much we love them. By constantly being on our knees. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this moment today. Lord, I just have sensed you working in the people in this room. And even in me. Building faith in me again. Lord, sometimes we just really struggle with this, with this prayer thing. We just feel like it's just some rote thing that good Christians are supposed to do. And... I think a lot of times, God, we don't have a whole lot of faith, particularly for the big stuff. We think somehow you're limited, as we are. Lord, help us to see in those moments when our faith isn't even the size of a mustard seed, when it's non-existent, that you don't need a whole lot from us. You just need 
a little bit of faith. And you need love. You need to see that love in our hearts for those who are hurting around us. Lord, help us to believe again for miracles. Help us to believe that you can and do work in people's lives today in ways that are unexplainable. In ways that doctors are, can't even explain. God, help us to be the ones who truly see your work come about on this earth because we are bold enough to walk into a hospital room and pray for an answer. To walk up to someone who has been struggling with a chronic illness or been struggling with a circumstance in their life that seems absolutely impossible and boldly believe for a miracle. And God, may we be reminded in those moments that we're doing it out of love. Lord, for whatever reason, you did the greatest miracle of all when you allowed us to even feel love and to love you and to respond to you in our brokenness and in our sin. God, you loved us when we were unlovable. You came to, to earth to walk among us in a, in a human body and to suffer with us and to understand our pain and ultimately to die for us out of love for us. Lord, may we be reminded as we approach Easter that you are the God who does miracles. If you're here today and you have never said yes to God, if you've never placed your trust, your faith in Him, to believe in Him, I'd encourage you, what are you waiting for? What more can God do in your life to get you to truly believe? Or is it just simply a matter of putting a little bit of faith out there and trusting Him and through your love for Him, seeing what He can do for you? If you've never said yes to God, or maybe you did a long time ago and you've kind of walked away from God, you've done your own thing for a season, I would encourage you to pray this prayer with me in the silence of your heart and allow God to begin to work in you, even now. Heavenly Father, I come to you and I confess that I need you. I can surrender, God. I, I know that my capacity in this life is so limited I fool myself thinking that I can do way more than I possibly can for others. And I so underestimate you and who you are. God, I pray that you would do a miracle in my life even now by coming into my heart, breaking this heart of stone, this cold, calloused heart, and making it a heart of flesh again. Of taking that dryness and making it come alive. God, I know if you do that, that that will be a miracle that only you can do. But God, I place my faith and my trust in you today as it is. I ask that you would come into my heart, fill me with your Holy Spirit, and begin to change me from the inside out. Make me into the man or woman of God that you have called me to be all along. And Lord, with the rest of the time that I have left on this earth, may it count for something as we partner together to see the impossible made possible. In Jesus' name.